I've never fully understood why people want this stuff in such large quantities. The only reason could be to sell. It doesn't make sense. And then you do hear the stories of someone getting snippy and people feel that it's outrageous because they're deserved of this thing. It's, I don't, it makes no sense to me. It, it really, I don't get it. to another Michael's Music Memories. So today I am going to be discussing, uh, it was at the time that I saw almost every version of Genesis that there could be. Now obviously there is one that I haven't, I say obviously, there's no reason why you would know that at this point. There is one that I have not seen, however from what I can from what I'm aware, I have seen um, all the others. And two of them I did get to see um, in the same year, which I'm going to be honest, I didn't think was going to happen, and I was really pleased. Plus, what you're also going to get to do is you're also going to get another chance to physically see me again. I'm in another video. You are going to get to see me again. Um, there's going to be a lot more of me, as well as my brother and my sister. So, if you've been listening to my podcasts and you wouldn't mind knowing what all three of us look like, here is your chance. But we're going to go all the way back. It's very, very early, very long time ago. We're going to go back to 2004. Now, Phil Collins had announced that he was going to be touring. He announced that he was going to be at Wembley Arena. And this was like a big deal. I had been a fan for quite some time of... Now, there are going to be people who say that they are very different. But not if you listen to the right songs. I've been a fan of Genesis and Phil Collins for a very long time. And... In my mind, they, they are very similar for the majority of their songs. Obviously, yeah, I could go back to the earlier stuff that does sound different for Genesis, you know. But, yeah, I have, like, a playlist which has which is Phil Collins songs and Genesis songs because, you know, yes, his voice does help. But for me, I just feel the songs can really work well together. And I've been a huge fan for a long time. Now, the thing as well that I wouldn't mind bringing up here is all three bands, really, but Phil Collins, Genesis, and Mike and the Mechanics are often considered to be many people's guilty pleasure. And I hate that because... They, they're, they're incredibly successful. All three bands have had number one hit singles. So, why should I be guilty when just because, you know, just to publicly say that I like them? I don't understand the concept of, of what people 
what the, what the the general public consider as a guilty pleasure. I just I just don't believe it personally. However, all three bands definitely come under this heading, you know. So I'm openly coming out to say that I am a big fan of all three, and I'm not guilty about it, but they are definitely pleasurable. Um, But yeah, so Phil Collins announced that he was going to be touring. I believe it was called the First Last Farewell Tour, and they announced a load of European dates first, and then they were going to be coming to London, and they announced that the support for the European tour was Mike and the Mechanics. Now, for those who are unaware, Mike Rutherford from Genesis is the Mike from Mike and the Mechanics. And it's this big thing where the two of, you know, both Mike Rutherford and Phil Collins are touring together, but not as Genesis. And it does make you wonder. It's like, oh, that's, you know, that would be so good to see. I would love to do that. So all three of us bought tickets to go and see Phil Collins in in London, in Wembley Arena. Now, we're talking June 2004. So, again, this is kind of very early on. And this would have been, I would only have seen big concerts back then. So the lead up to the concert, we find out that they're not going to be supported by Mike and the Mechanics and we were like oh no that's so that's so weird and it was the weirdest possible thing at the time because they were although they're British they they are from the UK and to, to, to not have Mike and the Mechanics support them at home but have them support them all around Europe and probably other countries, not just in Europe. It it felt weird, and we couldn't work out why they would do that. We then, the time came for the concert, and if I'm being completely honest, it made it even worse because they had like um, screens all around so that obviously the people that were further back would be able to see. However, all of the advertising before anything happened was advertising like Mike and the Mechanics' new album. Because they were obviously touring with them as well and they didn't want, Phil Collins didn't want like a different video package to be shown in London specifically. It was one of those things. It was just like, hmm. That's just really kind of putting the nail in the coffin. That you're advertising Mike and the Mechanics at your gig. And this is the one gig that they're not at. You know? And if I'm being honest. I can't remember very well. Because it was a very long time ago. But I don't think they had any support. And I think that was what confused us the most. Was not only did they not have Mike and the Mechanics. But they had no one. There was absolutely no support. And it meant that we were actually waiting for a bit longer than we really should have been. Because we just had to wait. During all this wait, I got myself a programme. That's the thing 
if I'm being honest, I feel like programs are probably the cheapest of the merchandise to make, especially nowadays. Back then, maybe not as much, but definitely nowadays. It just has to be like an a, a small A5 book, a booklet of pictures. And, you know, maybe some some lyric pages, um, some of the people that are behind the stage working, you know, so not just the band themselves. And then sell it for 10, 15 quid. That's it. That's all it's got to be. And I feel like you don't get programs with much smaller gigs. You only get them at these big ones. For example, went to see David Gray recently. Um, that was obviously the last podcast. And I got myself a program while I was there. It was £15. I'm more than happy to have it. And it will go in my tour drawer with all the rest of my stuff. Will I probably read that fully again? No. But especially for that concert, I don't have anything else because it was a digital ticket. And unless I buy some piece of merch, I don't have a record of that concert now because I don't have a ticket to, to hold to physically say, I went here. Whereas if I have the program, it's a reference that I went. And pretty much the only small gig, and I mean the only small concert that actually had programs, was Mel C. She was the only one that had them. And if I'm being honest, I feel like it was oh, probably like a, a poster. If I remember correctly, I think it was a poster that was folded down to A4 size. So you could unfold it and see the big poster and all the little pages of the little bits of information. I believe is, I believe is how it was. And why not, why don't other people just do that? It's so quick and easy to actually do. that I don't, I don't know why more people don't do programs. Anyway, got myself a program. I still have that program. <laughs> There's no way I'm letting that program go. I've got all my programs still. And we take our seats. And then Phil Collins comes out. Now... Phil Collins was amazing. However, especially back then, there was a definite program to his concert. He would do like a handful of specific songs. And I mean, I'm pretty sure, even though I don't think this was the tour we saw him for, and to be honest, if you watch any Phil Collins live concert, any concert that he's done, they all tend to kind of follow the same basic format. Now, I don't have a problem with that. For me, I feel that it's a good thing to do because when you tour, you'll know what you're doing. It'll be the same basic thing as you go. You can change up the songs here and there and it's a great way of doing it. And the, the specific things I remember about this concert is predominantly the fact that Wear My Hat was a big song 
he did, he did like a whole yeah it was one of those where the song goes on for longer than it normally would that there was a whole load of hats i think everyone on stage had a hat it was this big long thing um and i remember that song specifically i'm pretty sure you could probably even look that song up um i feel like the concert not the concert we went to but the tour in general did have a dvd release so i feel like you could probably see a video of it the big thing as well was that he said right at the beginning that he wasn't going to be really playing a lot of the drums because this was obviously his tour and he was going to be singing so there was um his long friend uh, which was another Phil, who was going to be playing the drums for him. And halfway through, there was a big, big drum-off between the two of them. And that was one of the only times I, I remember him actually being on the drums. Was he slowly, he kind of slowly walked around the stage. It was like a big circular stage. And like the back of the circle was high. And the front of the circle was low. So you would walk around in like this raised circle. <laughs> and yeah, he was singing a song. And as he walked around um, the stage, he ended up at the drums and started playing. And you know what? Just in my head, I feel like it was specifically for In The Air Tonight. It was like, as he was singing, he was slowly getting closer to the drums. And then as he said it, he did the the drumming bit and then after that he got into this big drumming battle with the other phil um but that was that was kind of the only time he was on the drums if you like phil collins it was perfect you had all the, i remember really enjoying it i remember there being a lot of the big hits and i remember just being like yeah i really like this this was fun this was enjoyable. There wasn't any songs that I I remember thinking I'd wanted to hear and I hadn't. It was all very positive. It was a very, very positive thing. But I don't remember it that much. And I'm going back over these concerts. I am finding that the bigger concerts, unless something very specific happened, they're much harder to remember. And I suppose that's just the way it goes. When they're smaller... I find that there's just, yeah, it's like more things happen and they're more easier to remember. And that's going to be a point right now because shortly after the Phil Collins gig, they actually announced, Mike and the Mechanics, that they were going to be doing a separate London or UK tour and that they were going to be in Shepherd's Bush at the end of 2004. And we were like, oh, okay, well that makes more sense then. So I suppose the reason they didn't want to support Phil Collins was purely because they wanted to do their own thing rather than just be the support. And I suppose that makes a lot of sense because I have heard interviews with the smaller American artists who say that a lot of the time, the only reason they don't come to the UK is because they can't afford it. Travel is so much of an expense for them that they're just not going to make the money back and they just can't afford to come 
to Europe or the UK. So I suppose from like Mike and the Mechanics traveling with Phil Collins together, they could probably pay the lot together, you know, and it would probably make it easy for them. But because they're in the UK, they can do their own tour. Perfect, we said. Shepherd's Bush, they said. And I was thinking, right, this is going to be a much smaller gig. Um, this is going to be interesting. Looking back at my tickets, practically all of the concerts that I've been to up to now had been either a big concert, the Astoria, or Shepherd's Bush. And in my mind, now for those of you who don't know who Mike and the Mechanics are, um, I didn't go into it too much at the beginning, but I can kind of explain it now. It can, uh, The original Mike and the Mechanics consisted of three main people, which was Mike Rutherford, Paul Carrack, and Paul Young. Now, there is a Paul Young that did other music. It wasn't that. It was a different Paul Young. And uh, Paul Carrack and Paul Young shared vocals and they were successful especially in the mid to late 80s there's a whole bunch of songs that they had that were successful and still are played on like radios and things you know it's it's a thing that they were nowhere near as big they never really reached that level of of success but they were definitely successful now, Paul Carrack actually had some solo success and um, was, you know, he, ha he had some singles and it was quite well known. And then Paul Young died. And it was a very sad affair, as you can probably imagine. And the group had decided... They did actually explain this at the concert. And they basically said that at first they didn't want to do another tour. They didn't want to do any more music. They just they were just going to end it and say that that was us. And, you know, it was successful. Not a problem. Also, Paul Carrick did not want to sing Paul Young's songs. Because he felt that it wouldn't be right. They were his songs. And, you know, he didn't want to go in that and do that. But they decided that instead, what they would actually do is they will all come back together and they will do a big tour. That tour will be to honour Paul Young. But that will be the only time that Paul Carrack will sing those songs. And I think he even said he would only sing one song anyway. They did have a newer album that they had worked on together. And that album was the majority of the concert. And it would meant that they didn't have to do too many older songs. It was like a large portion of the concert itself. But they were still able to honour him and do the songs that people would want to hear. Now, in my mind, Mike Rutherford is a legend. 
He's been around for a very long time. He has been a part of some of the most successful bands and acts in the UK. He has. And not only will they be at a smaller gig, but Shepherd's Bush is probably one of the easiest and best places to meet people if you want autographs or if you just want to say hi it is by far the best place to go i honestly think i have had the most luck at getting autographs and pictures from shepherd's bush and i'm pretty sure i did explain this previously but i'll explain it again the way shepherd's bush is positioned is it is a very small square standalone building between a row of other buildings, there is a small alleyway that runs up the side, keeping the Shepherd's Bush separate from everywhere else. And what that means is, for anyone to actually get in the venue, you, as long as you're standing in the right position on the corner, you would be able to see most of the entrances that would be for that venue. So nine times out of ten, if you wanted an autograph, you could just get there early enough and stand at, if you know where it is, the specific act entrance. And they would have to come in that way eventually. So I was like, yeah, oh, you know what? I'm going to see if I can get myself an autograph. So we went um relatively early this was all three of us and we decided that we would because i'd been there before i had seen a few bands and we decided that you know we would try and see if we could maybe get an autograph or two we were able to get both paul carrack and mike rutherford however it was one of those things that was weird. And this is something that I just don't understand. While we were there, there was a couple of other people that had things to sign. It was fine. It's not a problem. We, and me, my brother, and my sister, specifically wanted our tickets signed, and that was it. We were happy with that. Mostly because I didn't want to carry like CD cases or records or anything like that with me because I'm at a concert. I don't want to carry that stuff all day. And my ticket being signed is more than enough for me. I don't need any more than that. So it came down to about four of us, maybe five. And we were standing there and then kind of Paul Carrick appeared and he did a kind of a quick hire everyone and then signed some things and went in. But when Mike Rutherford came, we all were very cordial and we, you know, we all waited for everyone else. We didn't kind of crowd around him. But like the first person had, it's difficult to really work out what it was because it felt like he had like a book of album covers i think i'm not really sure 
but he kept kind of taking one away and then and then Mike would sign the next one and then he'd take that away and then he'd sign the next one. And he ended up signing about 15, 20 different things for the guy. The whole time chatting to the rest of the people that were queuing up. Because we were asking him, we were fans, we were asking him questions and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And he was chatting to us whilst just signing stuff for this guy. And then he came round and he signed our things and, and then he went in. Now, I can only imagine that that person was getting all that stuff to uh, signed just to sell. And I don't know, I, I would have been more than happy for him to say, I'm sorry, but I'm only going to sign one thing for anyone. I'm not going to sign more than one thing per person. Because it's, it's ridiculous. And there was actually a story, which I have no idea if it's true. I can imagine it being true. I can also imagine it not being true. So, you know, I'm not saying whether, whether I believe it or not, because I've heard stories that are real, and I've heard stories that are not, so... You know, um, um, I question, I question, and I can also see that it would work. However, there was a story, and it was about Avril Lavigne. It was actually, I don't know if I told this story, I think I might have. But it was the day that I went to see Nickelback at Brixton. There was a guy there who, he said that he had been the night before. Because Avril Lavigne was there the night before. And he had gone to see that. However, what had happened was, she was at the back, loads of people were crowding around, trying to get autographs, etc. She was then being very specific about what she would and would not sign. And at one point, someone had a poster that she had already said she would not sign. And when they presented the poster, she was she basically stormed off and said, right, I've already told you I ain't doing this and just stormed off. And everybody was angry with her and she was a right diva and all of this kind of stuff. But what I think a lot of people fail to register is that this is their livelihood. This is this is what they do for a living. This is how they make money. They don't have to come out and sign anything at all. They don't have to come out. They could get whisked into the venue, not say a word to anyone, and then just come on stage and perform and then go away. The fact that they come out at all is a blessing. Because you will get artists that will not come out. So if they if they do have a caveat and be like, look, personal reasons, I don't like that poster. I don't agree with that poster. It's from a company that screwed me over. Or I just don't like my hair in that picture. It's her choice. It's her merchandise. And I, I really hate it when people get snippy with people for it, like refusing to sign things. This what they it's what they they do. They have a right to say no if they don't want to, especially in this instance where this guy is going to make money off of you. You know, if you if you if you're not happy 
with the idea that this guy is going to make money off of you just for standing there signing some things, then don't do it. Say no. But, you know, he was a nice guy and he said yes and he signed all the stuff. And then he signed our stuff. And then he went inside. And we went back to the queue. And funnily enough, we weren't that far back still. The thing with pretty much every concert that I have now come to learn is you could pretty much turn up an hour before the doors open and still get to the very front of the queue. I know I've said it before, and I'm going to say it again. I don't know what people do when they go into a venue. They just disappear. They just vanish. Me and my brother, we go straight in, and we make our way straight to the main area, especially if it's standing. We'll then scout where we want to stand, whether it be nowadays at the side wall, or maybe see if there's like a back that we can lean against, like a wall towards the back of the venue maybe. Um, you know, that kind of thing. And then we get settled in, and we'll look around, and the whole place is still empty. And it's like, I mean, there were people before us, and there have been people after us. Where is anyone? Where have they gone? I really don't get it. And yeah, this is a good example we weren't queuing up. We were, we went round the side and we got autographs. However, we still get to be in a pretty decent position. So we waited and then the doors finally opened and we got in and we went straight in and we got front of the very center of the barrier, right in the middle, no one around us. We're like, oh, okay, I guess we will see right perfectly dead on. Now, this concert, unbeknownst to us, was actually filmed for the DVD release. So if you buy the Mike and the Mechanics tour on DVD then that's the one that we went to. That's the one that you can see us in. Every single time it cuts to the audience, you can pretty much see one of us because we were front row center. Now, there will be a link in the description. It is for the entire concert on YouTube. The quality is not fantastic, but you can see the entire concert on YouTube. I don't know how long that's going to be up for. Um, no one might take it down. But there's a chance if you click on the link and it don't work, that's because it's been taken down. But you can just look for uh, Mike and the Mechanics, Shepherd's Bush, and then just watch and you will see us. Specifically, if you are watching the link, you can stop at 2 minutes and 5 seconds. And you can see us. We are in the top right, even though we take up most of the top right quarter of the screen. And it's very blurry, but you can definitely see us free. And then if you go to 6 minutes 46, then you can, you can see uh, me and my brother. 
staring at Paul Carrack. Now, first of all, I want to make it very, very clear that I had a great time. I'm a huge, huge fan of Mike and the Mechanics. I loved the newer album and all the old stuff. Thought they were fantastic. However, we apparently chose to not tell our faces. Because ever since the DVD was released, we have had a constant joke about the fact that we look like we're bored out of our minds the whole show. And we genuinely weren't. We loved it. It was a great time. But if you actually go to that link and look at 646, me and my brother look like we want to kill Paul Carrick. We genuinely look like we're going to cap him. We're going to wait until this song's over and we're going to have him off stage. That's, that's the looks on our faces. But it was we had a great time. It was really, really good. What we also realised was that uh, we really shouldn't be standing in the in the middle we have yes we stand all day so we have a right to stand wherever we want to stand and it just because we are both over six foot tall doesn't mean it's our fault that everyone behind us is shorter that's not our fault but it kind of feels bad and I really don't want to be this person who is overly tall and is stopping other people from seeing. So from this concert, pretty much, we kind of decided that we would go in and just go left or right and stand more offset from center. Every single concert guaranteed that was a standing concert, you would always have at least one person, uh, excuse me, to either me or my brother, one and one, they'd pick one. Um, sometimes they'd pick him because he was the tallest. Sometimes they'd pick me because he was the tallest. And if it's going to end up in a fight, they'd rather fight me than him, probably. But you'd get like, uh, excuse me, excuse me, mate. But, um, yeah, my girlfriend can't see. So, can she please stand in front of you? And then there'd be silence, because we wouldn't respond. We're watching a concert. And then there'd be tap, 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 tap. Uh, yeah, excuse me, mate. And they'd say, you know, try it again. And then sometimes even the, the girlfriend would, would ask. And we felt bad. Well, I felt bad. I don't know how my brother felt. I wouldn't speak for him. But I felt bad when we were standing in the centre. But I felt pissed off. When we were standing on the side. Because we have gone out of our way to not be in the middle. If someone is standing behind us, they can still see the band. Because the band are not in directly in front of us. The band are either to the left or to the right of us. So you can stand directly behind us and look to the left or the right. And you can see the band. We're not in the way anymore. So what you're now asking is you're asking to lean against the barrier is what you're asking. Seeing the band is nothing to do with it. Our height is nothing to do with it. You just want to be on the barrier now. And now I take a grievance to that. 
So it's a whole different thing now. But yeah, if yeah, watch watch. I mean, look. The thing is, if you've never seen or heard Mike and the Mechanics, I'd be surprised. But go and watch the concert. Watch the whole concert. There are some really good songs in there. They really most of their stuff is really good to listen to. And once you know us, once you see us, you just wait and see how many times we crop up in that video, in that DVD. We are on it so much. And we look so bored. And I just feel so sorry for them. Because they must have watched it back and been like, Jesus, did we upset these people or something? And then Mike Rutherford might have even been, oh, no, because those were one of the few people that I actually spoke to at the beginning. They seemed like they knew who we were, you know. It was weird. It was weird. I don't know. And I do feel sorry for them. Um, but, you know, there's nothing we can do. It is cemented as a DVD to show that clearly we were bored. However, we didn't get a chance to see Genesis until a couple of years later. Now, it is 2007, and Genesis have announced that they're back together again. They had got back together, I don't know if it was exclusively for this, but there was either like a live aid or there was a big, um, like a big music concert festival thing that was going on for the BBC, I think, off a of Radio 1. And they had got, and they were together for that. And that was like, that was when they got a big back together. And I specifically remember that. Because Phil Collins swore. He made a point of saying something along the lines of, um, you know, there, there are people out there who don't believe that we're live. Well, fuck you, we're live, yeah. And, and they got in a lot of trouble because it was live um, and they weren't supposed to swear. So I'm, I'm pretty sure that that was the same kind of tour. It wasn't the, the concert we saw, but it was definitely the same kind of era. But they announced that they were going to be touring. And it was a big comeback thing. It was a big get, you know, they got together. And it was going to be at Twickenham. Now, Twickenham is a cricket stadium. And it's, you know, it's a way out. It's not the easiest place to reach. However, this time, we decided that what we would actually do is rather than it be the three of us, we would invite our parents because they were Genesis fans a long time before we ever were. There's just a fact, you know? Um, if anything, we are Genesis fans because they were Genesis fans. And that's how music tends to work anyway. And we looked at it that if they come with us then they can drive and we'll all go together. And then it'll just be easier that way. And they said yes. So we all decided we were going to go to see Genesis. Now, the thing is, this is going to be more of a, of a story of why I don't go to a lot of bigger concerts, I think. 
think that this is this is really what this is going to be. Now, for me, I like for example, I went to see. Uh, I, I said it earlier on. I went to see uh, David Gray, and I got tickets as quickly as I could. Like immediately as they went on sale. I went online and I did my best to buy tickets. I was given block C. Now, when I've been to see people like the Eagles and those kind of concerts, the furthest we've been back is block C. I won't go any further back than that area. And this is, this concert, the Genesis concert, is the main reason why. So we got, we all got tickets, and we were like halfway down, halfway back, roughly, as far as like the the seating goes. I feel like if I had to put like a number, like if I had to put like a letter on it, it would probably be like block F, I would say. And we all turned up, and it was, you know, it was great. I got the program, now... This is the one most fancy program that I've ever had. Because they had like a very, very specially designed stage set for this concert. And the program was like a book in a cardboard sleeve. But the whole book is like a massive pop-up book. That as you open it up, like the, the stage comes out at you. Um, and other things pop out at you, and it's it's incredibly crazy program. It's fantastic. I loved it. I still love it. I still look at it because it was so different. It was so much fun. However, when the band came out, we could kind of see them. We could kind of hear them, you know, because there were still they did have the screens, and we could only really make proper um, clear visuals of them from the actual screens themselves and i could hear them because they were loud enough but you know i don't know just the whole thing just felt like i mean we could just be listening to genesis at home there's no real like a big atmosphere because everyone's just kind of sitting down i'm pretty sure when they came out we all stood up for a bit but you can't see, so st- st- you know you don't need to continue to stand to see because you're too far away that you can't really see anyway. And I don't know, it, the whole thing just kind of felt a bit like I just don't see the point in it. And that for me is kind of where my mind goes, that I love music and I love the whole live atmosphere, but once you reach a certain level of of distance you're just in a group of people listening to music you can't you don't have the same atmosphere you're not listening you know what i mean it's 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 a different thing it really is and yeah even even i feel like the bigger artists the the ones that Like, for example, Elton John. You know, I would give literally anything other than money because I don't have it 
to see Elton John. He is probably the one person I would want to see the most, have always wanted to see the most, and the one person I just won't be able to afford to see. However, if someone offered me tickets at the very, very back of his concert, I don't know that I would want to go. That's a lie. I would take them. If someone offered me the tickets, I'd take them. Um, It's just one of those things. I just don't know that it's worth it. I really don't. Because you pay so much money. You really do. You pay so much money. And then when you eventually get the chance to see them, and they come out and stuff, you're like, oh yeah, there they kind of are. They're a dot on stage. And I can see the screen, yeah, I suppose. It's like watching a TV screen. You know, it's like, oh well, I suppose if they're going to release a DVD, I could have just watched that. You know, and that's kind of how I how I was left was the Phil Collins was great, and I really enjoyed it. The Mike and the Mechanics was the best, by far, because it was a more intimate gig. I, You know, we really did enjoy ourselves, and it was just, I don't know, smaller intimate gigs always feel more fun. And then the Genesis was just kind of a letdown. You know, I did get to hear some of the songs that I liked, but... It just felt a little bit like, you know, someone's playing a live Genesis concert over the TV screen. Because they could have been. I don't know that any different, you know. Um, yeah, and from that point, we've never really gone to see anyone that, you know, we would have to be quite far back. Oh, and just to kind of reiterate, the David Gray issue... You know, I bought tickets immediately and I got block C. And while we were there, we could see people that had special bags. And I feel like blocks A and B were specifically reserved for VIP tickets. And that was why they weren't available for us general entrance people. And that does definitely seem to be the way that it goes. Um, there's a lot more VIP type things going on and the VIPs get the better seats. And which again, it's just kind of why the money, it just ain't going to happen for me, you know? It's all just, it, people just want too much money nowadays, which is a shame. But yeah, um, and that is where I think I'm going to leave it. So thank you so much for listening. This has been the time that, you know, I got to see most of the different iterations of Genesis. Still have to see Peter Gabriel, though. That's the one. It's the one that got away. Um, yes, and also, for those who haven't heard Mike and the Mechanics, technically, they're still around, but they're a very different group now. Um, yeah, basically, Mike Rutherford stayed on, but got two new people... Um, and I do know who they are, but I, the names have escaped me. But it's a very different style of music now. So you could still listen to that, but, you know, it's, it's not going to be the same. Um, but, you know, I always say listen, because it's always fun to listen to new stuff. So thank you so much for listening. Next time, I'm going to be talking about going to see Anne Boleyn, the band... If for anyone who has never heard of Anne Boleyn, go and listen. Um, but I'm also going to be specifically talking about one of my all-time favourite albums. It's one of those albums that I adore. 
and that I love to bits. And, and it is one of those albums that I will listen from one to the end, just all the way through. You don't even have to put them on random. They all kind of go, they all kind of flow together. It's perfect. Uh, but that will be next time. But to hear more on that, listen out for me. I will be listening out for you next time. 